wrote something at that time. You gotta stay high. She was, she was high during the whole hurricane? <laughs> well, I can't really clarify if that was what was happening. Well, she wrote this. <laughs> so, li- what I hear is she was high during the entire hurricane. <laughs> she lied to us about the hurricane and being high? Well, I don't... She didn't have to be high writing the song. Well, then she's definitely not high all the time. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> it's the podcast you've all been waiting for. So, you know how everyone has that moment where they're sitting alone at home in their room staring out the window. And they just think man, we really, we don't have enough podcasts. We Mm -hmm. are having a real lack. We need another one. drought, if you will. And I'm here to say that call has been answered. No inundated market for us. Mm -hmm. We are here. Listen, here's the thing. The world is dying. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The globe is getting hot, hot, hot. (laughs) Climate is changing. We don't know how to fall in love. We find corruption at every turn. Corruption. Corruption. Capitalism. We've internalized all of it, monetizing mm-hmm. all of our hobbies. Mm-hmm. It's this a mess. Sponsored, it's a mess. And who knows this better than the true young adults of our era? Mm. Gen Z. Mm. That's right. Gen Z. The next generation. The generation that has had internet access since the womb. They are here today to help us solve our problems. I'm a millennial. We had our time in the sun. Now we're chuggy and washed up and our backs hurt. But we need someone to save the day and that is Gen Z. So here we are, my name is Kristen. I am joined by my esteemed guest, a true Gen Z person herself, a Zillennial, a 23 year old, my charming little sister, Give it up for Sarah. Hello, I'm Sarah. I don't think I'm a zillennial. What is that? Well, you just said the word. Oh, I was just I was just putting Z at the beginning of millennial. Oh, see, because some people call Gen Z Zoomers, which is, I guess, a play of boomers. But I think zillennial might be an actual category of when you're right on the cusp of the two generations. And while I'm I'm close, I don't think I'm actually that close. Cause I don't think you're that close. As either. we all know, I do not remember 9-11 at all. Mm-hmm. No fragments of that have entered, even though I was around, famously. <laughs> I didn't do it, but... <laughs> you that out. We've already really cracked the case of whether Sarah did 9-11 or not. Yeah, so. stop asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it. Wow, it's really funny. So I was... Was I nine? I think I was nine when it happened. Wow. What's my age? What's my age wow? again? Did you say wow? <laughs> were, were you nine? I think I was, I was born in 1992. It was in 2001, so that would make sense. Well, that is famously really nine out. years apart. So first of all, I think I've talked to you about this, but let's take a moment to reflect. I remember We don't being... have to start with 9-11 if you don't want to. <laughs> so that's where everything starts. <laughs> well, that is... We always talk about Gen Z versus Millennials, at least in our house, and... Mm-hmm. People I know. And it's weird how, like, 9-11 really is the point. It was a big... It was a huge big deal in my eyes. Uh-huh. I had nightmares about it uh-huh. for a long time. I was... I remember the day of... Because Uncle Eric called. We watched mm-hmm. the planes. We were in Illinois. An right. hour behind. Uh-huh. 
East Coast. And so we went to school and we knew it was happening, but they weren't talking about it. Are we about to have a guest? <laughs> Hi, Dad. Sorry, I have to get something. <laughs> <laughs> Be out of your way. Boomer alert. We've got a boomer in the building. We can also talk about this. Now we're directly getting into all these things. About boomers? Well, just like, um, you know, this is a millennial and Gen Z sibling pairing, but we have boomer parents. As many millennials do, but I would say probably few oh, Gen Zers do. Oh, that's a good, they're Gen X parents. Yeah. Ageism. This is not, <laughs> if Mike didn't pick that up, our dad did say ageism. <laughs> I'm um, writing this out, but so all I was gonna say, I I remember walking around school on 9/11, being like, I need to become a spy. You need to become a spy. <laughs> Yes, I was walking around school and I was like, I need to become a spy and fight for good. That was my thought. <laughs> wow. And we can see how imperialism and jingoism really did take root after 9-11 oh. <laughs> through this one example. <laughs> oh, really. You're going to have to define a lot of terms as we go here. Um, since you just have so much uh, knowledge. Anyway, so I went home and I also remember watching. I don't know why I was allowed to do this at age nine, but watching mm. hours of news coverage. Mm. And, I mean, the planes crashing over and over and over and over. And then... Yeah, very very crazy that that was, that was the thing shown. And they kept being like, yeah, this is okay to show it to the public. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. on, like, the regular news channels. That one thing that I don't know if they... Now we're about to get really dark. I don't know if they showed this, is the people jumping out of the buildings. Mm. Which... In the book, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, they have, like, pictures Ugh. in the book of, like, people in the air. Very intense. I saw a TikTok, which might be my catchphrase on this podcast. I saw a TikTok <laughs> that said that really changed the way that, like, people jumping from tall heights was shown in films because people really hadn't, like, on a grand scale seen people do that before. So it was kind of, like more cartoony before that but in oh. films like it's more how it was when people saw that like the news footage and like there was oh. more coverage of yeah people jumping out of buildings wait you mean like even in how it was filmed before it was cartoony or whatever kind of? yeah because like people you know like they were jumping but they were just like jumping out that they were going to land if they're doing a stunt oh. safely and i think it did like shift how like that was like shot and like the positions that people would be in when they were Oh, jumping wild. out of the buildings. Oh my goodness. That could use more research. Um, don't cite me. Don't quote me. This is, this, this is not an academic source for those of the people who arrived here hoping for an academic resource. Yeah. Be an idiot somewhere else. <laughs> um, another TikTok that I was thinking of when we were talking about this. Since, yeah, I was alive during 9-11, but I don't remember anything that was happening. I saw a TikTok where this other Gen Z guy was saying that he was also alive during 9-11 and remembers the day because one of his classmates pooped their pants <laughs> in, like, kindergarten, first grade. I don't know which one it was. Maybe a bit before that. Maybe, like, preschool because he must have been really young. But You can poop your pants at any age. But he knows that this was on September 11, 2001, and he was like, oh, like, this girl pooped her pants. And then, like, a couple hours later, they were sent home because oh. of 9-11. He goes, wow, she really pooped her pants. It's really bad. <laughs> remembered that wow. that was the day of that incident but he doesn't remember anything about like the news <laughs> he thought coverage it was because of this girl yeah 
I was going to ask, did you poop her pants because of 9-11? But, well, I don't think that's know. what happened. Well, you never know. Uh, that'd be a fairly tragic com- combo. Sometimes when, well, that is, sometimes when people get emotionally uh, moved, you, just things happen. Oh, that would really... I mean, like, it would have already ruined your day if 9-11 happened, but to also poop your pants... <laughs> if 9-11 happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not denying that that happened. Just kidding, I'm kidding. I had a friend who was pregnant, and <laughs> we, went, we went to try clothes on, and she kept saying, if I were pregnant... Like she was, she meant when she was showing, mm-hmm. but she just kept saying, if I were pregnant and we're like, you're literally pregnant. <laughs> you are famously pregnant, actually. Pregante. <laughs> Am I pregnant? <laughs> Am I pregnant? You know that guy from TikTok who sings the memes? Those ones, oh, all those pregnant videos are the funniest ever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, how do we get on 9-11? You don't remember. That's why you're Gen Z. I mean, I think it's important to address <laughs> as some of the differences between our generations because you said the internet. Yes, the internet. And so Zillennials, is that gray zone is basically that middle. I don't know if that's a, a, an official term, but it feels like, yeah, like the cusp kind of people. Okay. And I think we are both like maybe just out of cusp range. We are Santa's elves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Because, like, I'm I'm essentially 99. I'm at the end of 90, 1998. Um, so that Barely put, made it in the last millennium. Yeah. But, like, Famously. in terms of distance from 96, which is, like, the switch-off year. Okay. All right. I think that puts me, like, just out of the range. <laughs> nice. I think some 97 kids really are, like, not really in the same, same class as me. No, they're just in, like, a different kind of era. Wow. Yeah. There you have it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Definitively. Um, great. So now that we've established, and boomers, what's the age there, actually? Boomers are like 45 to oh. 64, I believe. And your friends? 1945. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, your friends' parents aren't in their 50s? <laughs> I was like, what kind of parents? All of my friends have teen parents. <laughs> pregnancies abound in this one particular area oh that's funny 1945 through 67 64 i believe i wish i could listen um okay oh because it's like after the war i don't know like when like i don't know what event sparked their cutoff date um i feel like just like it had been long enough yeah because sometimes it's like an event or like something specific and sometimes it's just, like, kind of happens that way. And I guess this is historiography, which is kind of, like, maybe not the most exact, especially since we're so close to all of this, like, happening. That is great. Can you define for our listeners uh, just general working uh, definition of historiography? No. Uh. Um, can I look it up? Am I allowed to do that? Sure. Um, I think it's, like... I, I think it's, like, the the study of the writing of history, or, like, the process of the writing of history. Yeah, we talked about it, I think, in my AP U.S. History class. I mean, I took a whole class on it. I really shouldn't be asking you. But a class on ahead. historiography? Yeah, basically. Wow. The study of the methods of historians in developing historic 
whoa let me start over (laughs) (laughs) historiography historiography (laughs) you say it too high (laughs) i just want to be clearer i'm not a very clear speaker so i'm self-conscious about this podcast oh no historiography is the study of the methods of historians in developing history as an academic discipline and by extension is any body of historical work on a particular subject those are just different things. Sounds I really like hate when definitions meta. are just, like, two different things. Let's just throw the word history in a few times, too. Yeah. Like, some words, like, have multiple definitions, which is, like, fine. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, here's one definition, but it's two different things entirely. I'm, like, well, yeah. how am I supposed to know what it is, then? Yeah, very tricky. Yeah, basically, in the class I took, we were talking about how history has to be rewritten, like, all the time. And mm-hmm. how certain, like, especially missing information actually determines a lot more of how history is written than sometimes the information that's there. Hmm. So we don't ask a lot of the times what's missing because mm. it's just like obviously less evident and in front of us. But sometimes that's like a big part, like asking what information does this not have or like mm-hmm. what other factors should be considered. And then people finding new information, of course, always causes a lot of like Okay, let's re-examine with this new stuff. Anyway, mm. great class with, like, one of my favorite profs. I mean, I had great profs. This is an undergrad? No, this is during my... Uh, I Because I had to take one English class, which was essentially another philosophy class, mm-hmm. and one history class, which was, like, so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, my history classes in undergrad were great, too, especially yeah. my, my World War One history class probably changed my life. Yeah, you had a lot of, like, really good history classes, I feel, that you talked about from undergrad. Well, I took one on the Troubles. So I took mm-hmm. both of those with my advisor, who was just this miracle man. Like, so awesome. Just, like, loved what he had studied and was, like, so passionate about history and mm-hmm. also just had an amazing personal life story. He's just reti- We're still in contact, even. Wow. So, but his, he, his examination of the cultural aspects of world war one was just so not what i expected but like Mm. really put you more in like the mindset of what it would have been like to be there like i couldn't tell you the battles like i couldn't remember all the names of them but i could tell you like the art movements and the poetry and like like there was one woman who lost like i think it was like three brothers and her fiance in the war and then became like a poet or something like Mm. tragic stories but so beautiful and then the effects it had on culture Mm-hmm. Which, like, people were like, nothing makes sense anymore. Like, what are we doing? Let's make this weird art. And, like, yeah. and, of course, a lot of that snowballed into the momentum of World War II. But people mm-hmm. pay more attention mm-hmm. to World War II, probably because it was seen as more of, like, a victory overall as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just more recent. Like, more people are alive who were involved. But World mm-hmm. War One was the first war where, like, extreme technology was used, too. Extreme technology. Well, <laughs> to put a Gen Z spin on that, I don't know if we're going to keep <laughs> whatever in, but um, I saw TikTok. <laughs> People were talking about how, like, the way we're talking about wars is, like, battle, battle, battle. Here's this battle. This battle is on this day in this location. And, like, that, I guess, is important and on levels, but also it doesn't really tell you anything about anything. <laughs> like, yeah. there's not, like, a ton of benefit for most people to know that. Like, there's, like, you know, strategy and, like, the way that the war is going, like, as concepts, which are, I think, important to know. But, like, I think a lot of people, especially the American South, the Civil War, they know when the battles were. But, like, a lot of people, it's kind of, like, clouded as to, like, reasons and, like, what this actually meant and the impact of that Mm -hmm. on 
you know, life in American society. Whoa. Are we tackling all of the big Mm -hmm. topics? No. And we'll stop there, actually. (laughs) We won't talk about about anything more. No, we can't. I was going to say, did you ever watch The Free State of Jones? No. It was with Matthew McConaughey, so (laughs) obviously I watched it. It's a little bit white savory, Mm. TBH. Mm -hmm. A lot of movies are, once you look back. Yeah. (sighs) But... Very interesting about a deserter from mm. the, the uh, good grief, Southern Army. Oh, my Confederate. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. <sighs> Rusty brain. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm not even going to. Let's move on. Okay. Matthew <laughs> McConaughey, our centrist king running for office. I thought he pulled out. I don't know what he did. I'm not really following that closely, Matthew McConaughey, but he does love to be like, I'm not political. And then he's like, grow up, actually. (laughs) I know. He's like, he, they had all this stuff recently. Like, I can't help but like him, okay? I just like him. Yeah, and I understand. (laughs) I mean, he's charming, gosh. His, okay. I'm sure he's really nice. I think so, but it's so funny. He talked about, there was this one interview where I saw him get like semi chewed out on Twitter. What's this Gen Z term for chewed out? I think it depends on what's happening. Like, taken down or... But not completely, like, in a light way. Taken down light. Um, <laughs> torn I mean, apart. I think maybe taken down is... Taken down a peg. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not... I feel like there's a term I'm thinking of that I've heard. But anyway. I'm not the most in with all the terms. You can't admit that here because you're the representative. Uh, <laughs> oh. Did mom make these pillowcases? I believe so. <laughs> What an incredible lady. Anyway, um... So we are talking about um, Matthew McConaughey being taken down a peg on Twitter. Yeah, not, like, fully, like, so badly, but he was talking about how he's, like, his wife, like, loves to get up early and feed the kids or something like that, and he's like, I take it slower. She likes to get up early and do all those, all those things, and people are like... Oh my gosh, come on. She's doing this because she has to. Yeah, she she loves right? <laughs> being up so much earlier and having you just like sleep in and be so cozy. <laughs> that is also hard because like, I mean, maybe some people probably do, you know, things break down in their marriage. Not, what am I saying? <laughs> things probably do. Matthew's <laughs> McConaughey's marriage is in danger. You heard it here first. <laughs> Things probably shake out in marriages to, like, maybe people do fit their gender roles or do, like, there's, like, a wife who, like, works really hard and that's kind of her thing. But it's, it's it happens suspiciously a lot to, to where I'm like, yeah, that can just be what you do. Like, it's, yeah. it's not really, like, making sense to me that everyone just happens to have, like, the wife who, like, works way harder in the home than the husband does. Um, you had your statistic that you told me about the... Yes, I did, from Kate Mann's Entitled. Citation. Citation. Work cited. <laughs> um, she discusses how equivalency of, like, work and the sharing labor in a household, if it's a hetero, um, sexual couple. I, I wanted to say heterogeneity because I kept having to say that in my... In my project yesterday, but I kept not being able to say it, so that's all I could think of for a second. But heterosexual couples is that the only time where the man and woman are almost sharing work 
So usually the woman is doing way more. Um, the only context in which they share it pretty evenly is when a woman works a full-time job and a man doesn't work at all. <laughs> and they still are doing like the same amount. Like he's home, not working. So, so insane. If they're both working full-time jobs, she's doing way more. If like they're working some combo or not working, she's doing more. If she's not working, she's definitely doing more. Mm-hmm. Anyway, very interesting. But um, yeah, all that to say. So we've already look. We've already. What was your acronym um, for language stuff? A A V E. Okay. We've African American vernacular English. Yeah. Okay. We've already learned that. We already learned about Zillennials. Um, we've got another uh, couple terms that I brought with me. Yeah, bring your terms. The first one, I heard about this on a podcast, but they didn't go too into it. And I feel like you've got a good uh, idea of what it is. Please, could you explain a pick-me girl? Oh. I, I also, I'm not very good with definitions, I'll say. You can use examples. You can use examples. Yeah, so I think a pick-me girl is kind of divided as like a... A girl who will put down other girls specifically in order to get validation from boys. Like, this does happen in, like, women. It's kind of more of, like, a high school context thing. But I think we see it also in people of any age. Um, And the term's kind of been, like, co-opted and is now sometimes used, like, with just misogyny (laughs) um, behind it. But it comes from, like, yeah, girls, like, being either misogynistic or being, like, <laughs> it'll be, like, girl being, like, oh, my gosh, Cindy, you're, like, so much bigger and taller than me. I'm so tiny and small. Oh. <laughs> so that and girl who says that is a pick-me girl. Yeah. And, like, I even, like, that was a bit, like, she was too mean in that example. It'd, it'd be, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, like, you're so tall. Like, I'm, like, so tiny. Like, it's not really, like, she's, like, not insulting her exactly. But it's the implication, like, oh, I am, like so desirable for like my like smallness and petiteness and like you're not do you think there's a polite way to call people out for this behavior or i guess the first step is just recognizing it um i think recognizing it i don't know if there's a polite way because i feel like i see a lot of like skits on tiktok that are like making fun of like the pick me girls and a lot of people in the comments are like it's just a tiktok it's just a tiktok it's just a tiktok like they're like like going back to this place where they were also dealing with these pick me people. Yeah. So I think it's very hard. Cause it's also like, if you do say like, Hey, like, what are you doing? They're like, nothing like, <laughs> um, nothing's wrong. Like, I'm just like saying like, I'm They're like, also a Valley girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is also like, am I stereotyping women? Have to <laughs> check myself well, on that one. To cite another Kate Mann book that I actually haven't read, but I'm familiar. <laughs> to cite a book I haven't read. Um, yeah, it's called Down Girl, but it's basically talks about uh, patriarchy, mm. patriarchy, which is all around us all the time. It's the smog we all breathe in. I forgot who said that originally. Wow, that's a great way to phrase it. I got that from a podcast. Patriarchy. Anyway, how women are unbeknownst to themselves enforcers of the patriarchy upon other women yeah so it's really a mangled tangled mess when you get down down to it yeah i mean because the other thing i would assume is that 90 percent or above of pick me girls are unaware that they are a pick me girl i think it's probably subconscious behavior they've learned i mean the example they used in my one podcast is it's the girl that's like, I'm not like other girls, or I'm not like other girls, yeah. or I only hang out with guys. Yes. These are also axes of this, because there's like, they're not like other girls who is still like popular and like maybe like desirable to guys. 
And then there's like the not like the girls who's like maybe like a nerd girl. Nerd girl. Who <laughs> nerd girl got you. <laughs> um, who I think I think like the the popular girl might use it to just yeah like get the validation from guys, but the unpopular girl might be using it to feel validated within herself hmm. that she like she's different but that's a good thing about her yeah it's all very like complicated because i mean these like young women are like operating out of a place of like yeah insecurity on either front <laughs> but Fish. i think so, you do at some point have to be like okay i'm only insulting women on this one <laughs> like mm. what what is the problem now <laughs> well this is the thing where it's like this is uh, yes, stemming from the patriarchy, but somehow men are absolved from this whole thing, almost, even though mm. it's like, uh, if I'm gonna just really start to speculate, it's done with this kind of subtle awareness of the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Like, not in the sexual way so much. I don't know how it's always used, but like, men seeing girls being different or being a certain way and mm-hmm. trying to win that approval. Basically, that the thing that's highlighted is, like, approval from men. But yeah. men aren't even really... They're just kind of now hanging out, surfing on the waves of patriarchy. Yeah. Surfing. They're surfing, actually. Floating. Mm-hmm. They're soaring! <laughs> Kierkegaard. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's only one of those... I never been done before <laughs> I, I would be shocked it does sound like one of those um millennial like uh cartoony simple art style cards that's like white with a little dragon in the middle you can picture this um <laughs> right in to our email if you know anything we're talking about at all <laughs> please write um, in um anyway i've got to try that on dad later he loves when i joke about Kierkegaard. But he doesn't know high school musical that well can I tell a story? Yes. Actually, well, you know what? Is it about dad? No, it's about High School Musical. Oh, okay, then tell it now. Um, I, I, have a se- I have a section about dad. Something. I believe it was when High School Musical 2 premiered on TV. I was watching it, and the song Work This Out was on, where they're iconically in the kitchen. Wait. You gotta work. Work it out. You gotta work. No. Work. What? No. <laughs> you got to work. Work. Work this out. Make this right. The sun will shine. <laughs> But one of the lines in that song is, someone says, the boss is such a creep, which kind of just implied that he was, like, rude. He wasn't really being, like, a creep in the conventional way that we would say today. But mom was in the room when this was airing, and she said, you can't watch this movie. <laughs> she heard that line, and she was like, oh, you can't, you're not Because they called to- him a creep? Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, immediate. Like, she was like, oh, no, you can't watch that. She actually pops out of nowhere. Hey. <laughs> I must have been like maybe eight or nine when this was on, <laughs> and the amount of questionable content in High School Musical two I would imagine is close to zero. <laughs> but I was very upset because this was like the event of the year. And actually, you watch the rest of it. No, and I don't think I'd seen it before. Maybe I had. Wow. No, because I do remember I got to school the day after it premiered, and I was like, "Well, what happened in High School Musical two? And people were like, "Yeah, Gabriella left, but her mom brought her back." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I missed all of this because I <laughs> was." I was punished. <laughs> wow. Creeps hurting us in multiple ways. Literally, you can't escape them. Even if you're a child wow. in your own house. <laughs> if they're, if someone else's boss is a creep, your mom will not let you watch your fun movie. <laughs> I love my mom. She just said, there was some very arbitrariness a, in terms say, of what we could watch and not um, watch. Extreme. Lauren, Uh-oh. our other sister, was telling me that... The linguist. Let's, the linguist. We call her the linguist. No. We don't do that. Um, 
She was something that you guys weren't really like, allowed or like, you didn't really watch Lizzie McGuire as no. kids, which I feel like anyone else your age did watch. Yes. But you guys like missed that piece of culture. We did. And I was like, a little bit. We miss you, culture. We miss you, culture. Bye. <laughs> and I think that's also interesting, like, what pieces like that we. Because I wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob. Oh, we weren't. Which to watch everyone either. my age watched. Oh. And everyone's like, my humor is all from SpongeBob. And I'm like, I'm just not on this train. Mm. And also, maybe update your references. <laughs> oh, please. But yeah, no, we were. I feel like. Is another can of worms. Basically, uh oh, ring the can of worms alarm. <laughs> I want to do like a worm sound, but I can. I well, what's a worm sound? Dig, 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 dig. Well, I was thinking like them like moving and being like to the can. That sounds pretty wormy. Yeah, thank you. Worm sound. <laughs> um, I just yeah, I as someone so driven to know. The answers of why any level of arbitrariness mm. in something that so directly impacts my life as an adolescent mm-hmm. or uh, angsty teen was extremely frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. And there was this one time I got an infraction in Bible class for throwing my trash mm-hmm. into the trash can from afar, like, you know, yeah. hoops. Um, but I made it. Right. I've told this before because I'm bitter, but (laughs) I was like, I would understand if I got an infraction for missing it, but I made it. I think that I would say that that should be like, they tell people not to throw things at all just because like there's the risk of missing and then could result in messes or hitting someone. But I think... Like, infraction seems, like, too harsh on anything. Too harsh. I didn't know it was a... Pro- I, I wouldn't have done it if I thought it was a problem. Exactly. That is also... And also, I knew I would make it. I wasn't that... I wasn't, like, across the rim. Right. It was not... It was, like, maybe six or seven feet. It was, like... Was anyone between you and the no. trash can? See that? Ugh. I also think... I know. The rule shouldn't be, like, based on where you are in the room or your skill at, like, throwing things. But if you're not in danger of hitting anybody... I... And it's not, like, a messy item. Great criteria. Not messy item. It was, like, paper. Yeah, paper, that should be kind of be fair game. He's not even going to hurt anyone if they are in the way. And it depends on, like, if someone's, like, lecturing. Is this a distraction thing? No, it was. Listen, I'm telling you. This is why, like, I'm saying, like, there's all these, like, things that could factor in. Yeah. It should be, like, an overall rule. Don't do that. I don't think it is an infractable rule unless someone is, like, directly lecturing or you could hit uh, somebody. I remember being overjoyed because I was like, yeah, I made it. And then immediately <laughs> being punished. Well, the highs and, and lows of high school. I lost some respect at that moment. Who was this? Mr. Burton. Uh. The respect was not regained to the next generation. (laughs) (laughs) For that incident. Anyway, all right. Um, I I feel bad if we're getting too off topic on things, but I am having a fun time. uh, No, so the purpose of this is not to try to stay to some, just like life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it's not to stay to some topic thing per se because it's Im- it's not rehearsed. Yeah. Now the thing- we didn't rehearse. Wait, you, you were at rehearsal. <laughs> I was at rehearsal. I've been. I, it was Tech Week last week. <laughs> oh, the other thing I would say is, well, this is just we just have to get it, the feel for it. We don't know the feel. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. Everything needs to find its feet when you first start doing. When things. you when you start something, I watched a pilot of a show. 
oh my gosh, they're not good. <laughs> I actually watched a whole first season of something once and I was like, oh, what did you gosh. watch? Uh, actually, I think it was Freaks and Geeks, which didn't they only oh, have one they season? They had one season. <laughs> I was going to say, okay, it was like the first four episodes. I was like, uh-huh. what? Every episode. I was like, what, what, what? Yeah. A lot of shows, if you watch the pilot after you watch like some of the other parts of it, it's like, oh, this was not good. Um, yeah. But then sometimes worthwhile. Yeah. And some pilots I think are good, but... Yeah, it's it, they're rarely congruous with the rest of the show. Anyway, this is also a topic, but you can go off. <laughs> that is, it's perfectly accepted in this space. Oh my yeah. goodness! So, so that brings me to um, the first part of our thing. Oh, <laughs> where is the first part? This is a part. It's a part. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Let's set an intention for our practice. Oh, are we doing that? Um. See, this, I would feel like would need preparation, but I said to Kristen, no preparation on my part, please. Yeah, the co-host and, that does not prep. And yeah, you call me your guest also in the beginning. I wanted to clarify. I'm, I'm not really the guest. Did I say your guest? Oh, my goodness. I apologize. I don't, you said, you said the word guest. I don't know if she was like, she's a guest, but the word guest, I believe, was used. I wrote it all down. Check the tape. My, I, you know, I, I said I'm joined by my ex- esteemed colleague. But then oh. I think I did. didn't say colleague. I think I read colleague and in a, you know, milliseconds amount of time. I was like, why did I write colleague? I read colleague in a really extreme accent where it sounds like guest. <laughs> guest <laughs> spelled C-O-L-L-O-U-G-E. I don't know if that's how you spell colleague. It's like league. <laughs> colleague? This is what I wrote. Christian is not a good speller. <laughs> There's no... <laughs> colleague. Kristen's not a very good speller, which is fine, because you don't need to be. But I was actually a spelling, spelling bee champion. I was in the top ten in the state. State is give, Delaware. It didn't give me a red line. It, they should have. I'm pretty sure that I saw colleague. That's got to be a different word. Colleague. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I did my that. My esteemed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, Colog is to talk confidentially or conspiratorially. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you are the one with whom I colog. That's nice. I can't believe I just spelled that out loud <laughs> thinking it was colleague. <laughs> Truly shocking. What if I done this thing out loud and incorrectly when you're mic'd? <laughs> uh, what are the odds? Anyway. <laughs> colog. Not a guest. Anyway, so what's our intention for this podcast? Practice. I don't know. Well, I think you should start because this was your idea. Uh, I I'll spill the beans on that one. <laughs> oh, my foot's falling asleep. Oh, um, why is that the worst feeling in the world? Mm, not good when you realize because it's already yeah. too late. Just and you're like, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, like, just rabies. stamp. Oh my gosh, not rabies. <laughs> I think it's a Gen Z thing to take like a simple concept or like a meme or something like light, and to add in like all these complexities that are like. Not so necessary, but maybe we should talk about and like to the point where it's like, this is now exhausting to talk about like a, a simple meme mm. that was supposed to be just like funny. So can you define chuggy, millennial? Can I? Yeah. Like cheesy. Cheesy, corny, I would say. But, but almost in a millennial way. I don't yeah. know how to say that. Otherwise, you're actually being loud enough. You don't need to lean in. <laughs> You, you need to lean anyway. in. <laughs> I just, in. I'm just nervous that you're, you seem just far away. Um, and I don't want to pick up you're all You're nervous because I'm far away? Oh my How gosh. How did you feel when I was in Canada? <laughs> nervous. Um, 
yeah, Chewy, like, I mean, like, it's, sometimes it's Disney adults, <gasps> Ooh. which we could, I mean, we don't, need, we don't need to define that. You know what that is. We don't need to define it. We don't need to take them down because it's an easy, slow-hanging fruit. It is low-hanging fruit. Um, and I have Disney adult friends. But I will say, if you're going to Disney during the pandemic, during any kind of, like, if it's not, like, a super low case time, then we will take you down. Because <laughs> that's bad to do. All right. <laughs> you're cutting out my, my parts. <laughs> ah, maybe. Can of worm sound. Can of worm sound. Um, so Disney adults would be under this. But also, like, um, you know, live, laugh, love is kind of like a transgenerational thing. Yeah. Like, our lovely aunt is a bit of a live, laugh, love sign kind of gal. And we and we love we live laugh and love her so much. But she's not too cheesy though. She's not too cheesy, not but overboard. No, it's but all definitely not like avant garde. Yeah, I mean like I guess Doggo is definitely under this umbrella. Doggo is chuggy. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh no. What about pup? Pup. It depends on how you use it. Look at that little pup. I guess that's fine because pup is kind of more like neutral. Like you could just use it in everyday speech. Okay. Um, but yeah, doggo. Would I would say no go on doggo. Um, and this was I don't know who coined the term, um, originally, but I think it was like kind of brought into the conversation by this like one girl on TikTok being like, uh, Chugi is like millennials and like, I don't know if like Ray Dunn would be in the Chugi. I don't know who that is. Ray Dunn is like the um dishware that tj maxx sells a lot of that's like white with like this kind of scraggly font that's like fork oh i hate that stuff yeah that's very chuggy and that is also like you know boomers and gen xers also love that kind of thing so it's not i don't think it's just millennial but i think a lot of millennial culture is categorized in that way mm-hmm. but they hate it the most um who hates the most? Millennials hate. I think Gen Zers hate chuggy things more than. But millennials hate being looked down upon by Gen Zers. Oh, Z. yeah. Th- yeah. Which I would also be like, th- that is very annoying. <laughs> it is! And it, it's kind of, it's kind of pick me behavior from Gen Z to be like, well, we're better than you because we are now on trend when it's all like, kind of like, a lot of it's like, yeah, patriarchy stuff. Mm. Kind of complicated. Just think about the fact that this has always happened, but Gen Z is really the first generation that has had the power to have the prevalence. Yeah. Because before, when people, young people didn't have any access to phones, and they had no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had no phones, and they had no money. So where was their influence? Yeah. Just among their peers. Yeah. Now, it's global. It's global. Famously. Wow. Um... I'm bleeding out of my lip. Yeah, don't. I just got thinking. I picked my lip. Now I'm drinking my own blood. Oh, it doesn't taste good. She's <laughs> weep. Um, I don't want to. I don't want it to leak anywhere though. Yeah, that's really nice of you. I don't want it to spurt on you. Oh, sorry. Oh, my, it's hurting. No, you. I'm covered in blood. <laughs> um, but now, like, I think the chuggy craze for Gen Z, it's felt like very short. Oh, but there was the sort of like people called it. Stop bringing- <laughs> I'm just sucking all my blood out. Okay. But it's going to go don't- back in my body. So. Yeah, don't suck all of it out. Um, I'm self-donating blood. That's really moment. nice of you. Um, there was like the, quote, war between millennials and Gen Z. What? You didn't see any of this? No. 
Well, it was. <laughs> I didn't go to battle. You I didn't get the letter. You didn't take up your sword. Um, <laughs> no. No one. Well, they didn't want me. I didn't hey, qualify. This was mostly on TikTok, and it was kind of just like a lot of millennial women making raps or songs to shame Gen Zers <laughs> for telling them that they would look better with a middle part and with not wearing skinny mm. jeans. I did see some of that. I saw some of that. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard the classic, Gen Z, you can suck it. You can't tell me what to wear. This is the rap? Well, raps are songs, I said. Okay. Um, there's that lady who got mad at millennials for trying to, quote, cancel Eminem, unquote. And made an Eminem style rap. Uh, she talked about spaghetti on her mom's sweater. I I can't remember all of her lyrics, all of her bars. Um, but just this like this very high level of upsetness from millennial women um, who yeah did feel judged in their use of emojis, their side parts, and their skinny jeans, which are all very arbitrary. And I would imagine that most of the discourse on that was like maybe skinny jeans are a little bit out of style now mm-hmm. and a lot of people do look good with, with middle parts i have a middle part now thank you gen z i got one because i got bangs and i've never had one that i can recall when i didn't have bangs but i was looking at the 2019 pictures of me with a side part and i was like oh that was kind of gross yeah, i had a lot of hair flipping over yeah and some people do look good with a side part I think we should discuss that, actually, because <laughs> sometimes you do look fine with it and you could look OK with the middle part. But if it's really it's funny, that just changing where your hair falls has such a big effect on your life. I think it really is like, I mean, also like, the range of hairstyles that you can do once you have a certain mm-hmm. part, I think does change. And I like, actually the... got more powerful when I started partying. You got more powerful. I became extremely powerful. Yeah. I got business cards delivered. To... I didn't even order them. <laughs> They said executive. You were promoted. They didn't say what I was executive of, but they said executive because I had big boss energy. Yeah. Big boss energy. It was just too powerful. So. Yeah. I mean, I recommend it. Mm-hmm. I would, give a couple things a try. <laughs> give a couple also, things. Also, get bangs. Everybody. Come on. Oh, I gave bangs a try, though, and that did not work out the best for me. Mm. You remember the screenshots? The, the screenshots. The medley of photos <laughs> of my bangs sticking every direction. Mm. bangs are hard and i think I, most people such as myself that have them wish weekly that they didn't have them but, but also you have I, to carry on when you have bangs yeah because i'm like i can never grow these things out i'll have to shave my whole head so who won the war <laughs> no one won probably men it was a war of attrition probably men they always do they i don't like them winning and well now the the i think this is more of a gen z discourse about this is that like the introduction of Chugi into the lexicon caused people to then want to like reinvent their like wardrobes and looks, which then added to like consumerism and overconsumption mm. from people like That's buying why a bunch we of have clothes. the supply chain problem. No, <laughs> <laughs> don't put that on this girl. Revisionist history, revisionist history, historiography coming at you. Live. Historiography, don't forget its definition. Look it up if you need to. It's kind of well. Confusing. We won't timestamp that. You can find it yourself. <laughs> find it yourself, you lazy piece. I'm just kidding. We're not here to Google for you. <laughs> hey, you've got a search engine right in front of you right now. <gasps> But um, I think that probably did, you know, cause, I mean, like, you know, overconsumption is already bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think that people calling other people chooky really, like, 
you know, cause the fast fashion industry to leap and bound ahead. I think it's already doing fine. <laughs> but I think any of these cases, like, they shift away from, like, the personal style, trying to be more sustainable with your clothing and, like, item purchases mm. to, like, you still have to stay on trend. Mm. And I will say, I do think there's a kind of, I think it's kind of true that a lot of millennial trends were more focused on, like, looking as skinny as possible and wearing, like, uncomfortable things that are, like, yes. more in, like, one larger trend than versus, like, being in, like, trend pockets that are closer to what you might want to actually want to wear. Trend pockets. Oh. Well, like, there's always been, like, a lot of trends at the same time, mm-hmm. but I think there are, like, so many now, which is also bad because it's also, like, overconsumption vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think, like, when you were, like, a teenager, you and when old I had woman. anorexia. Oh, I didn't know we were going to go into that. Um, but, I did want to look skinny when I had anorexia. Yeah, that was kind of a unique position that you had. <laughs> Sorry. <Not> unique. <laughs> That's a joke. Oh. Um, oh. I think there was more of, like, one sort of sweeping trend or, like, one general look that a lot of people had. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, a couple, like, you know, subcultures. But now it feels like there's, like, hundreds of subcultures and, like, cottage core. Oh, Yeah fairy core which sounds fake to me <laughs> but it's not i think it's real because i don't know if adding core to things makes them a real thing mm. but i think a lot of people my age are like yeah you can put core on anything hard core well <laughs> soft oh oh <laughs> middle part core is my culture middle part core what would my what would my culture be i'm just I don't know if you're uh, will be in one of the cores, and I don't know what all the cores are. Why am I not a core? I think you. Am I a comfort core? No. <laughs> um. I don't know how would you describe your style in just like words. Approachable, but that's not really descriptive. <laughs> a little edgy, wide leg. A little edgy. <laughs> a little fun. I think you wear a lot Zest. of graphic tees. Um, oh yeah, I do. A lot of not like. Not like a Spencer's Gifts kind of graphic tee, but like, <laughs> like artistic graphic tees, mm. like the Mona Lisa, but like... I know. have actually all of my Louvre graphic tees. <laughs> my Louvre merch. <laughs> I went, I go there every year to up on my Louvre <laughs> uh, apparel. We do Louvre merch. <laughs> the picture created right now of me. If someone doesn't know me. She has like just the glass pyramid on a black t-shirt. It's like poorly cut out. <laughs> I've got some... Some sarcophaguses on a t-shirt. Sarcophagi, if you will. <laughs> I'm a sarcophagi. Hey, he's just a sarcophagi. Leave him alone. Yeah. Kristen wears a lot of, like, um, zany cartoony graphic tees, yeah. wide leg pants, um, kind of like, um, not whimsical, but like more like fun Ooh. business wear, like, um, wow. I am honored. By a lot this. of neutrals. Definitely earth tones. Neutral. Earth tones is definitely what your wheelhouse is. Yes. It's either got to be pretty quirky or neutral. <laughs> yeah. But even like, I think you have like quirky things that are still neutral colors. Oh, wait till you see my new sweatshirt that I ordered. Oh, wait. I shouldn't have ordered it when my financial situation. Then I didn't get anyone Christmas gifts. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Which is fine. I. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Anyway, wow. Well, quite a uh, an array of definitions to keep up on. I'll be thinking of more as time goes on. But um, 
now we have a section I think you'll be especially excited about. Oh. Um, this is the celebrity gossip section. <gasps> yes! I knew it! You must tell me the things oh, I Oh, I have don't to tell know. you all the things. Yes. You didn't have anything to talk about in this section. All I know is Betty White died. Yeah, Betty White, um, rest in peace, of course. Um, of course. Of course. And we do celebrate her. But also, people are, like, very sad. And I, did, I do understand that, you know, her 100th birthday would have been so, like, momentous and special to, like, have her still be yeah. with us for that. But I thought this way when also Stephen Sondheim died. If you've lived that long and impacted the culture that much, there doesn't really need to be as much sadness about your death, I feel. You know, I agree. Someone's 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, yeah. 70 even? Even. You're not, I mean, even, I mean, even up to, I don't know. It's so hard. Age. Whatever. Right. You could impact the world in a big way by age 30 or something. Mm-hmm. Or you could do it by age 50. Whatever. But I do think we le- we ha- we do often treat death as a tragedy, regardless of the age. Mm-hmm. Which is a very funny... The whole youth-centric thing is odd because literally mm. everyone dies. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we lost these people. Like, yeah. why don't we treat it as a natural process that's going to happen? And yeah. In- and accept it and return people to their the spirit of the yeah and respect them and miss them but like people seem very upset i was thinking especially when stephen stephen sondheim died but i'm like to have such an impact on the culture and to have done so many momentous things like there's no like tragedy of like missed opportunity there Mm, it feels like this person has really done what they came here to do and we can celebrate that so much yeah, I mean, and, and this, I mean, brings up broader questions, if you will, of sometimes people will not be momentous in yeah. their lives, but we'll have a Is this fun life. celebrity gossip for you guys? <laughs> Are you having fun with the celebrity gossip? <laughs> You're going to die and you may not be momentous. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to take away from what you're saying, but Jacqueline. this is just a very fun no, segment. No, <laughs> I guess I just think that we should learn to celebrate people's lives So, my friend's dad passed away Mm. fairly early. Like, he was in his, I think, younger 50s, Mm. I think. But not in, like, not very old. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people, she said, a lot of people at that time reached out and they were like, oh, it's so tragic. He was so young. Mm. Like, he lost his life. He had, you know, kids, like, that were still in high school and Mm. stuff like that. Um but she said he would always say when he was alive that it was curious that when people said things like that, he's hmm. like, whatever, whenever you die, you've lived your whole life. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what a weird, it's like a weird yeah. thing that we don't think about because we think of life cut short. Mm-hmm. But he's like, that's not true. You lived your whole life. Whenever you die, is just the end of your life. Yeah. So, but I do think that, especially when someone's old. Like, what are you expecting? They're going to live another 10, 20 years and, like... Right. And I do think the Betty White thing is, like, she's so close to her 100th birthday and, like, Mm -hmm. a day from having, like, 1922 to 2022 as, Mm -hmm. like, her years of life. But... I mean, I'm sure she was just, like... I mean, she was probably just old and in failing health. Probably, yeah. So I'm like, why are you going to demand that she, like, carry on just to reach some, like, again, somewhat arbitrary benchmark, you know? And also with celebrities, like, it's pretty parasocial like all you have of her is her body of work and her interviews like you wouldn't really get that much more from her if she were to live people would have just lied and said she died later yeah that would be kind of weird to do (laughs) (laughs) um but 
Yeah, it's still it's very curious. So that's celebrity gossip piece number one. <laughs> Existential to the max. Um, I don't think we can get too much into this because I could probably talk for forty five minutes about this. But the John Mulaney, Olivia Munn oh, situation. Do it, do it. And up. we are happy for the birth of their child. He seems very healthy and happy. The pictures of them putting him in a pot, um, like a, a pot. dumpling. They were taking some pictures of him as if he was a dumpling of some kind. Um, I don't know what the actual term is. Um, I, is Olivia like Munn Vietnamese? Sense? I don't know if she's... I don't know what... Um, I know uh, about as little about this as possible. I know very much, very little about Olivia Munn, other than she's maybe made some questionable statements throughout her career. <gasps> Uh-oh. <laughs> um, maybe a bit of a pick-me, actually, to circle back. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, her book made some maybe disparaging comments about, like, starlets, socialites, what have you. Wow. Anyway, people are trying to do the math on when um, <gasps> no! the baby would have been uh, conceived. conceived? <laughs> no! And if it, it was born in November, as much as, as far mm-hmm. we, as we can tell, meaning that, like, around maybe March or before March was when um, they were getting together, and the divorce wasn't finalized, I think, till maybe May, <gasps> but things were not great with John and his wife even before then. There was a lot going on there. And... I mean, also, like, everyone, whenever people talk about this, they're like, oh, you're be- you have a parasocial relationship. Like, you're obsessed with these celebrities. What is parasocial? Oh, parasocial is, like, when you see someone, like, in movies or, like, online, and you're like, oh, I know them because I know a lot about them. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about you, so you're not friends, but your mind, I think, thinks you're friends. Because I, like, like, it's like, you know, we're not really designed to be like, oh, I know this person essentially intimately, but I don't know them at all. Yeah. And, like, you think that you know them. Again, please Google this yourself. I'm not good with definitions. We're not experts. We're not. I'm not an expert, We're and I will not. People. <laughs> I don't know anything. We know a lot, but not officially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people act like it's like insane and stupid to even like think about this kind of stuff. I just think it's interesting, and I think that's also whoa. I think there's like a misogyny involved in like shaming people for liking celebrity gossip, <gasps> because I think men say that they hate drama when they just hate like personal like information they just hate people no. they don't hate, maybe they don't they, hate people but they hate like anything like about a person that's like well, interesting why do they hate that i don't know why they like, hate that I'm and i bother to know yeah i think there's like a, a human curiosity that maybe more women are encouraged to have hmm. i don't know if men are encouraged to have um i just see like a lot of things where like men like dismiss like just interpersonal issues as drama when i'm like no that's just like part of living hmm. And to call that drama is, like, reductive to, like, its impact on people. Wow. Yeah, I said reductive out loud. I did it. <laughs> wow. Are we too smart for our own good? Yes. Unofficially. Oh, but also, art history tie-in, which is what I studied in college. Um, Anne-Marie Tendler is a very good artist. She is the ex-wife. ex-wife. Yeah, yes. and she has been selling a lot of um, her photographs and prints. Also, she, like, makes vintage lampshades as, like, a career. And oh they're fantastic gosh. work. Um, she studies, I think, or she like was getting a PhD at, in NYU. I'm not sure, but wow. she was doing a series of photographs throughout this year, and a lot of them reference King Henry VIII and his wives, and like putting her kind of as um, putting her as Anne Boleyn, which by proxy makes Olivia Munn Jane Seymour quote the only one who tr- he truly loved unquote <gasps> who had the only child that he was actually like. Um, she was, like, his only love, and, like, they had a child together. So, wait. So, in... Okay, sorry. So, King Henry VIII. Yeah. 
was married to Anne Boleyn. Yes. But truly loved. Well, he had the six wives. He had six wives. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Oh my gosh. This is very common. What? Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, beheaded, survived. survived. You haven't heard that? No. You haven't seen the cabinet in that museum? Anyway. Oh my um, goodness. That's such a fun little factoid. So... I mean, like, I could get into the whole history of King Henry VIII, again, look it up, or watch, um, or listen to Six, Can the musical. Can a little backstory? I'm loving this. This is still celebrity gossip, to be honest. Just historical. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying. Some, celebrity gossip is also just history that we haven't written down yet. Ugh! Say it all. Speak to it. Um, so Anne Boleyn is Queen Elizabeth the first mother. Oh! Uh, so she did have a child, but it was all related to, like, um... Henry didn't want Elizabeth to, like, ascend to the monarchy because she was a girl. And also he was, like, I think already involved with Jane Seymour. Who is Jane Seymour, though? She's, Not a wife. She was a wife. Oh, she's she's survived. She's died. Oh. And she was, she probably would have, well, I can't really say that. But, like, she was allegedly the only one that he was actually in love with or would have, like, been married to if she hadn't passed away in childbirth. Okay. So, anyway... <laughs> Um, and just give people a rough years area for this for those of us who are idiots. So, like, just which century? So Queen Elizabeth died in 1603. So oh, okay, is, perfect. So 1500s. I believe so, unless I've got that like a century off. Mm, that's fine. It's that helped a lot. Um, yeah, it's like Tudor. If you think Tudor, it's Tudor. I think uh. Tudor, it's actually Tudor. Um. <laughs> But anyway, the comparison, like, Anne-Marie Tendler has put a lot of references in her photographs to stuff about Jane Seymour and the birth of her son, who I don't think lived to adulthood because Queen Elizabeth became the king, I mean, the queen. Um, and just, like, the allusions to, like, this is actually this man's true love and I am the beheaded one Whoa. <laughs> that has been left behind um, and, like... Stuff about, like, the children. Like, John Lenny was very vocal about not wanting children. Also, I don't think Anna wants children. Um, okay. It's all very complicated, but I think um, this girl made a TikTok about it, and it was a wonderful TikTok analyzing, like, the art historical references in some of her work. And there was, like, um, I think, like, a little thing that was, like, it was something along the lines of hip, hip, hooray, which was, like, the slogan when the son of Jane Seymour was born. Oh. There's a lot. He got there. a slogan for being born. Well, he was the the son of a king, which I think was a big deal. I want a slogan. Yeah, be a son of a king in the 1500s. <laughs> no thanks. So, obviously, I'm not I'm not knowledgeable about anything, but this was just interesting that like these are like direct references, yeah. and that she is like you know she's not like speaking on the situation, mm-hmm. but she's making a lot of art about things, and I don't know. Also, people say that she's entering her Maisel era. What does that mean? The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Amazon oh. Prime show, fantastic. Please watch it. It's about a woman who, her husband is a comedian and he cheats on her and they get divorced and then she becomes a comedian who's actually good. Like, he's not that very good to be a comedian. I did watch the first episode Once Upon a Time. It's a great show. It's one of my favorites. Um, but. Her Maisel era. She's now on TikTok. Miss Maisel? Or the wife that. <laughs> no, I didn't really, I didn't read Tendler's on TikTok. Um, and she makes. Wonderful whimsical content about her life. Um, and is, yeah, funny. And I saw like an article saying that she hasn't really spoken publicly since the divorce, but that's not true because she's on TikTok <laughs> making like, she's not like speaking about anything, but she's yeah. just like being like, oh, I'm 
you know, doing X, Y, Z, like, or here's like my life hack of how to fold a fitted sheet. Very fun. What is, uh, explain the folding a fitted sheet. I don't know how to do it. Well, but it's, what is it, a trend right now to try and figure out how? A trend? (laughs) I I don't, I've heard of that. (laughs) Um, a I don't, I Why are people talking about it? Well, because I think it's one of those things, like, a lot of people don't know how to do that. I mean, it doesn't really matter. That's what I'm saying. People, okay, I'm a very messy person. (laughs) People love to, like, be like, oh, you have to fold things this way or, like, put things in this, like, orientation. I'm like, why do you have to do that, though? Like, you don't need to fold your fitted sheet. You can just kind of, like, I think I know how they fold it, but I think it would be a lot of a hassle. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, you're right. You could just put it wherever it goes you can just put whatever like you can you can, you can fold whatever you want to Listen, i'm not i'm not here police we are you. not the podcast that stops people from folding things yeah and people did start that rumor about us and i said no <laughs> we're not that people we are pro folding the things that can be folded don't fold a phone we would suggest we're not going to command well, they have it. the fold phones now fold the fold phone right but don't fold an unfold phone. i just think there's a lot of like um cleaning or organization content that is so focused on how things look rather than their functionality. Ugh. And I'm like, literally throw that in the garbage. Because, like, they do these, they're like, oh, buy Tide Pods and then put them in a separate little clear glass jar in your laundry room. I'm like, what if you just, like, did things simpler and just kept them in the container where they belong? Mm. That's and That's if it's a space thing, then go off, whatever. Um, but... The focus on, like, things looking good versus, like, actually being sustainable for you to keep doing. Mm-hmm, oh. Mm-hmm. And, like, not even for the earth, but just, like, for your own life to, like, to, like not make a mess again. Like, I think the, the neat people make cleaning videos mm-hmm. if you're naturally neat in ways, which is fine. But I think a lot of people who are messy cannot even, like, there's, like, no utility in doing all these things if, like, you're not going to naturally just do them because you, that's who you are. <laughs> or how you mm-hmm. like to process your belongings complicated complicated so in summary fold what you need to fold for your mental health or whatever yeah <laughs> celebrity gossip fold what you need to fold <laughs> that's what all celebrity gossip comes back to okay so the baby Anne Boleyn blah 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 all right so uh John Mulaney do people like him or do they hate him this is also I. Uh, I think people have, like, such goodwill towards him because... Goodwill to men. <laughs> Always to men. Oh, yeah, speak on that. <laughs> the ladies are being criticized, maybe as they should be, but I I mean, I don't... I'm not going to get into anything about his, she like... She flipped her hair. I did. Um, I'm not going to get anything, into anything about his struggles with addiction, because that's a very complicated issue. Mm-hmm. Um... People are having questions about, like, timing on things, if that was appropriate. But as for people liking him, I think a lot of people, like myself, grew up as, like, some of their first exposure to comedy that they were enjoying was John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. It's accessible. It's not this, like, bro comedy, yes, like, yes. oh, I'm having sex with women. Um, and it's, it was not, like, family friendly, but it was, like, friendly to young people mm-hmm. in ways that they would enjoy and I love the specials. <laughs> I'll keep watching. He hasn't done anything that I'm like, oh, this is actually abhorrent to me. <laughs> yeah. But I think maybe in like another circumstance, people would really like be leaving his content behind if he was like maybe someone yeah. else yeah. who was like, you know, doing questionable things relationally. 
So I think people still do like him, and I think there will be respect for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's also just he's in, like, a weird phase right now where it's, like, maybe he's not, like, really speaking his mind on all these things, <laughs> like, fully, because mm-hmm. it's, like, maybe he wasn't really planning or wanting to have a child at this time. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, you know. And I think that celebrities are in a real, like, snafu with that one where you can't just be, like, this was unplanned and maybe this wasn't really, like, what we wanted to do. But we will have a child and we'll make that work. <laughs> Why do you think they're in a snafu? Well, I don't... I feel like it would be... I mean, very reputationally damaging to a celebrity's career to be like, this is an unplanned pregnancy that I'm going to keep hmm. and figure out. Like, you think they'd be fine if they were like, we're not going to keep it? Well, I think, like... Well, they probably wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. I think if, like, there was... They, they didn't get the baby, like, they wouldn't tell anybody. And that would be, you know, their business... But now that there, like, is a child, it's, like, people are, like, oh, it was this. It doesn't seem like this was a, a planned thing. And you can't really say that as a celebrity because that seems, like, very harsh. And also people would be, like, oh, like, your kid's going to see this one day if you, like, have an interview about how you didn't plan to have a child. Which is, like, it would be harsh <laughs> as a kid to have everyone know that you were an accident. Mm. <laughs> but also, like, I think there's, like, not a lot of space to just be, like, yes, this was an accident, but we will care for this child appropriately. I mean, if you're a celebrity having a child, an accident is a sort of different thing. Cause That's also the, true because, like, you have every resource to exactly. have not an accident. But you could truly also... Yeah, you could, you could also... Even if, like, a lot of problems with having a child when you haven't planned for it is maybe you're not financially ready. Mm-hmm. But celebrities, that's not an issue. Like, right. you could get a full-time nanny. You could still go on tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever you need to do. Yeah, it would not be a good look to be like, this was unplanned. Because everyone yeah. would be like, well, A, like, you should be able to mm-hmm. not have an unplanned pregnancy. But also, like, even if, like, yeah, you have a child that you weren't, like, emotionally ready for, you are mm-hmm. very financially ready for yeah. it. And could, like, provide any resource necessary to yeah. have it have an okay life. It does sound very mythical in nature, really, because it's like the child. The child. It's like, you know, what's his first name? I'm looking up him. He's very cute, and I mean, like, I don't. It does seem like. Well, I don't know how it seems. And, like, speculation is difficult because I don't want to be like, I know all about the, what's going on here. His name is Malcolm. Oh. Hello, Malcolm. All right, here's my next question, and you have to first tell me if people care about this. Oh. Emma Watson and Tom, what's his name? Felton. Felton. Do pe- first of all, do people care? Um, because isn't that didn't that come out today? Did it come out today? This was also curious to me because so many like um, celebrity news uh, social media accounts are like the moment that they fell in love, which is like a quote from the thing that's been like misused. Like yes. they had a crush on each other when they were kids. I think is what happened. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think that. Um, they're, they're really even, like, approaching being together. I think this is a lot, like, actually, like, the Friends reunion, David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston, everyone's like, oh, they're in love. They will get together, like, immediately. They had a crush on each other, like, 20 years ago, and people want them to be together again. And they said, like, more recently, like, oh, there was, like, no hints of that for mm-hmm. us, like, that we were gonna, like, get together now. I think it's, like, <laughs> I think everyone wants, like, their divorced parents to be back together, Mm-hmm. Um, not that we have divorced parents. Sorry to speak on that. <laughs> if you do have divorced parents, um, but I think everyone <laughs> kind of wants the people who were together iconically or could be, have been together iconically. They want them to be together. Okay. Like yeah. I think that's why like J Lo and 
Um, ben Affleck is like a win for yeah, people. Yeah, people love it. And I think it's like nostalgic and also just feels like, you know, maybe at a like formative time in your life, this is what was, this is what mm-hmm. you saw. And you're like, oh, that's correct. And now if you can go back to that, it's like mm-hmm. so magical. Um, hmm. I think like, you know, not that Tom Felton and Emma Watson were ever together, but I think like the, the like homey nostalgicness of that is really appealing to people. And I think that would be like, it would be like fun. It would be like a fun little thing to happen, but it doesn't seem like that actually immediate to be happening. And it was, like, it does feel, like, very overused by, like, yeah, the, not the gossip blogs, but any celebrity news blog is, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, like, they fell in love. But it was, like, a, a one quote from, like, this mm-hmm. whole special. It's very goofy I to me. I do want them to be in love. Ah. Uh. Is that so wrong? I think Emma Watson is in a relationship, though. Oh, what? I thought she might be engaged. So, you know, this sound will pick up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wheat ASMR. <laughs> wheat? Now a short break for some wheat ASMR. We do have fake Can wheat in our basement. Can you do it? No, like, bring it a little oh. close. I don't want to, like, hurt anyone. Just, like... <laughs> Perfect. Nothing like some some loose wheat. Yeah, what kind of white mom has wheat in their house? (laughs) That's all we need to know. Anyway, um, okay. Any other celebrity gossip right now? Talk about Chris Pratt. I haven't heard anything about him. You haven't heard anything? I haven't told you anything? No! Ooh! (laughs) Chris Pratt, um, I don't know if he is actually in, like, the real world fell from grace or just in, like, my circles. Probably not in the real world. Kristen seems confused. I am confused. But a celebrity man with a lot of goodwill was married to Anna Ferris. And they seemed to have a good thing. They did, but then they got a divorce. And he, like, immediately was in a relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter? What? Granddaughter? She's part of the family. Um, oh. I forget what her name is, which bad look. But um, very beautiful girl. But I think they met at, like, the... It's not the Hillsong Church. The one church in LA that Justin Bieber goes to and all these famous people go to. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. has weird vibes and might be racist. That actually is a real thing that is reported oh, on. Com- we're coming back to that. In a Look that up yourself. Oh, okay. Um, but it seemed like he like started going to the church and was immediately like kind of paired with this woman who he's married to now. Okay. So, also, him and Anna Ferris have a son together Aww. who was born pretty prematurely and had some health issues as a result, mm-hmm. but I think is doing well now. But, like, maybe, like, a month and a half ago, maybe more, Chris Pratt posted a picture of him and his wife where she's looking at him, and the caption was, like, look at this, look how she's looking at me. Get someone who looks like you like that. Um, And then he talked about their life a lot and then said, and she gave me a healthy, beautiful daughter. And people... And this is... People do not like the use of healthy when his son has health Mm -hmm. issues. People were like, oh, everyone says that their children are healthy and that's a good thing to celebrate. I think that's normal if your daughter was just born. Yeah. But she's like maybe one or two. Oh, she's wow. not a newborn. And that felt very icky to people. And yeah. he was getting a lot of flack for that. Um, didn't really adre- directly address it, but did say like that he was like feeling bad that day. And then like went for like a yeah. hike in the woods and prayed. Which like that's great. Whatever. <laughs> but he does seem like... Does, like, seem Republican? We don't know. (laughs) Seems like the divorce was, like, hard on people because it felt like, yeah, replacing her for someone younger, maybe more conventionally attractive, Mm -hmm. and someone that is, um, 
he gained fame and then he got a divorce, which also felt like a little bit suspicious to people. Oh, like you think from marrying Anna Ferris? Well, like when they got married, she was way more famous than he was. Yeah. Because she had been in all those comedies. And then he like was in the Avengers and Jurassic Park and then they got a divorce. Mm-hmm. It felt like now that he's like ascended another like rung of the ladder, he wants to really be like, mm. you know, doing whatever he wants to do at this point. Whoa. Um... And, like, maybe, like, it was, you know, a very normal divorce situation, like, love was lost, (laughs) found someone else afterwards, but it just, like, felt kind of, like, icky to people. And then this post, a lot of people were like, oh, this is fine, but it seemed like the, even, like, the way that he was, like, look how she's looking at me, as if, like, just get someone who, like, adores you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was like, oh, and, like, she, like, does all the stuff around the house, and I open jars for her sometimes, which, that is man moment supreme. Uh. To be like, I don't do anything around the house, even if it's like a joke. You don't make that joke if you're a man. I'll <sighs> say that. <laughs> this is the best advice we've given all day. <laughs> Just like keep that to yourself. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it does not look good. No. Okay. All right. All right. So, what is happening with him? That's a recent thing. Well, the post was pretty recent, um, of him and his wife. I don't think there's anything that's newer than that. Yeah. Wow. But it is just like. Yeah, I think that, like, generally people do, oh, this is also very old news. There was this tweet, which, the tweet goes around, like, or went around, like, every few months in the past, and it's like, pick the Chris that has to go. And it's like, Chris Pine, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, and Chris Evans. Oh. Um, I think they're all Marvel guys, except for Chris Pine, yeah, who is who a loose is. DC guy. Um, he was in Wonder Woman. He's the handsome Steve Rogers. No, that's Chris Evans. He's, I think his also named Steve, though. Okay. He was also in um, Princess Diaries 2. Aye, aye, aye. That's a throwback. I love Chris Pine. I'll say that. I think he's my favorite Chris. Well, okay, so one Chris has to go. And a lot of people were like, obviously Chris Pratt, because mm. like, he has a lot of, a lot of haters. I think he has more like a generally good opinion, but a lot of people are like, oh, we hate Chris Pratt. Yeah. And almost everyone in the Marvel universe, the actors, were like, oh, we love Chris. He's the best guy. We all like him so much. Like, Chris is an upstanding guy. We all love him. He's a great Christian man. Which, like, whatever. This seems like a very, like, innocuous thing for people to, like, be jumping to his defense. Yeah. But everyone was um, recalling that when Captain Marvel came out, Brie Larson was getting, like, so much, like, hate and, like, misogynistic, like, terrible stuff thrown at her. And besides Samuel L. Jackson, no one said a thing. (laughs) None of the Marvel actors wanted to say anything about that wow which did feel like hey yeah and i think like also maybe like i don't know if it was tessa thompson but like i think like a woman of color was also getting a lot of online vitriol and there was like really no comment from the people who are in the mcu and (laughs) that just felt like weird on so many levels because like the the hate towards chris pratt is just people don't like him yeah (laughs) like people are just like we don't like this man but like the yeah misogyny and like racism towards these other people broader issues it was just all very strange (laughs) that like multiple people were like we love chris pratt yeah wild yeah well what do we learn from this don't trust a chris just kidding (laughs) chris is just gotta see if they're good or bad just like every other type of name yeah i don't love the name chris sorry if you have it it's half of my name that's true but you like share very few letters that's not even true but like (laughs) it's a different vibe to the name wow well that was a meaty celebrity gossip section yeah 
<laughs> almost shockingly meaty. Almost uh, triple much. pounder. No. Triple pounder? What do you call burgers? <laughs> quarter pounder? There we go. It's a triple pounder. Whoa. So it's that's, twel- that's quite it's meaty. 12 times a quarter pounder. <laughs> you know, Arby's tried to sell a third pounder to compete with McDonald's quarter pounder, but people didn't buy because they thought it was less. Oh, wow. Interesting. And that's just a marketing tidbits for you guys. We learned it all right here. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna, we're gonna go to our last section of the day here. Okay. After I've talked for so long about nothing. <laughs> you talked about a lot of really cool things. No, I think so too, but I don't know what I say has, has broad appeal. Sarah, you are, I'm just happy you're Kristen's here. a very supportive gal. I am because you're great. Yeah. Okay. Ready? How did he die? How did he die? <laughs> Dear Gen Z, we got a, oh. we got a letter from a listener here who that is really interested in some input from a Gen Z okay. member. I love when viewers write in. I love it when viewers write in. Viewers of the podcast. Viewers of the <laughs> Dear Gen Z, mm. er, you, That's it's me. you. Hi. Love the first episode so far. <laughs> I've been. Wow, re- I can't believe this is live. <laughs> it's actually we're getting it. They're typing as I'm reading. Oh. I've been waiting for podcasts like this for so long. Gen Z really has the wisdom we need. And even with their lack of life experience, they've already accomplished so much. Yeah. Truer words have never been said. Anyway, I need your help. I'm a long-term Android user. Oh. I love my Samsung phone. I love its features. And to be honest, I just like having, uh, not having an iPhone. Mm. Everyone has them, but they just seem so boring. Hmm. So here's my problem. Recently, my friend asked me to join their cult. Whoa! I love my friend, and he is so wise, and I would love to get in on what he's doing. Sadly, whenever his phone, whatever his phone plan is, makes it hard for me to send pictures or even get into group chats. Mm. That is sad. His phone plan. I know. I also can't send reactions in texts, Mm. which is just one of the features I would really love to have. Mm. Basically, it seems like I'm missing key communication about the cult, and I'm getting nervous that my friend is going to find it embarrassing to have a non-iPhone member in his cult. Mm. Honestly, I wouldn't even be writing about this if I didn't feel that having my Samsung phone might actually be holding me back. It's especially frustrating to learn that seeing my green text messages gives people the ick. Mm. My current phone is also almost, it's over four years old, meaning I would probably have to get a new update soon regardless, so I have to pick one. What do you think I should do from an Android girl living in an iPhone world? Mm. Wow. Well, what do you think, Sarah? Well, I mean, iconically, our whole household is Android girlies. It's true. Um, A long legacy, really. I don't even know how we really got into doing that, because I don't think any of us care that much, because maybe Dad does, but... I think I started caring a little bit more because someone I was dating, actually, had an Android, Mm. and I was in love. Ah, I thought he was great, so I thought his phone was great. You've never had an iPhone, though. I've never had an iPhone, but I I do love Mac products. Like yeah, Mac I I love the laptop, which we're all on that page kind of too. Yeah, which is very silly. ironic. Ironic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have an Android. Um, I generally like Androids 
my current one is not as good as my last one, which is a tragic downfall of mm. yeah. of choosing. Um, I mean, I don't really have the most concrete advice. I wish people didn't care about this. <laughs> I, I know! It's weird that people actually, like, make, like, I know it's, like, Mimi sometimes. Mimi. It's, um, jokey sometimes. It's a meme. But I feel like people are actually like, oh, that's, like, weird if you don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Which is strange. It also is, I I learned this recently, it's, like, kind of emboldened by, like, everyone's like, oh, Androids have poor camera quality. They mm. largely don't, but a lot of apps are formatted for iPhones. Oh. So, and I think there's, like, ways to get around this. I don't know how to do that. But, oh. but they're... Like, if you take, like, a video on your Android, like, in TikTok, it looks, like, it looks terrible. <laughs> so oh, bad. Because um, of, like, the formatting. But, like, if I take a, just a video and watch it, I'm like, yeah, it looks great. <laughs> looks mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, advice for this um, potential cult uh, joiner. I think a cult will tell you a lot about itself if they are um, averse to you having an Android. Well, it, so- it sounds like the problem is she either needs to change herself mm-hmm. or she needs to see if this is really the cult she wants to be in. Like, the yeah. question is, why is it so great? We didn't get a lot of details no. about the cult. But... We can uh, assume it's really good, though. It's one of, like, it seemed, the selective ones. It seemed pretty appealing. <laughs> yeah. So... I, I think I could be talking to a cult very easily. Why is that? I think I'm kind of in the demographic of, like... <laughs> A young person with not many friends that, like, could be like, hey, can I go to a party? I'd be like, yeah, I do. Oh, no. But I you're already in a cult. Well. And you don't know it. Well, where are they? (laughs) (laughs) Come over. I'm right here. here. (laughs) I feel like I want to say that I've done, like, enough research about cults that I, like, wouldn't join one. But also, I think I would. (laughs) It's hard to know until you're getting recruited. Yeah, well, but anyway. Yeah, so cults, I mean, I, they recruit for a reason, but if they're exclusive, it's well, just they're like not. a club. Well, I, 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 don't say that. I don't want to be attached to that statement that a cult is just a club. Well, it's like a more nefarious club. <laughs> yeah. What What makes a So cult has a negative connotation. Could there ever be a good cult? Well, no. <laughs> Why not? Well, cults don't say that they're cults. Because then it's a club. No, well, it, <laughs> a good cult is just a club. Um, they're not always a club or an association or a nonprofit. Maybe like a commune. Commune. What? What? What's the criteria for a cult? Sacrificing things? No. Um, blood. I don't know if that like um if the thing's called the bite model. Is you know what a, makes a cult, cult model? I model for a cult. <laughs> we got to look the, at something else. She's up. the poster child for cults. Yeah, I just do the marketing material. I don't really, like, um, engage in that nice. model. She's a mole, actually. So I don't know if, it, if a cult has to do this, but um, it's the bite model of authoritarian control. Oh, go on. It's supposed to be an acronym, but it's adding extra... Um, adding extra... What, this isn't even an acronym. Okay, well, maybe it's just because it hurts. Like What's the acronym? Bit. It's a bite. Bite mark. Well, I thought it, okay, but it says the bite model of authoritarian control, undue influence, thought reform, brainwashing, mind control, traffic, and, and law. Traffic and law? Trafficking. Bite oh. model. Acronym? Mind control is. Uh, I don't know. Do they say mind control? Because that's, that's a requirement of a cult. 
Well, it's like, um, okay, there we go. Behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. Oh, and so, that they okay. Use. So clubs are not trying to control you. <laughs> no, they shouldn't be. And if they are... Worm cl- sound. Cl- worm sound. You know how worms do that. Um, so back to androids. <laughs> yes. I, it weirds me that people will care about this at all. But also when people say things about androids or any small thing that I have, it hurts my feelings a lot. <laughs> I'm a sensitive soul. Yeah. But it's weird how like things that you're like, I don't actually care about that. But if someone insults me about it, I'll care about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you have any like, of those things? Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think. No um, need to expose yourself now, but that is just. Well, the, I, the, like, I'm kind of like, most of the time I'm like, ugh, it doesn't matter. But if it's someone who I think is right about other things and I'm like, Dang it. Mm. I mean, this might tie back to, like, the side part skinny jeans, millennial convo. Mm. It's like, maybe you don't actually care about that that much, but if someone insults it, then you feel like, ouch, and also I need to protect what I'm doing currently. Yeah. There are times where I'm just, like, blatantly confident about something. Like, Mm -hmm. I eat cold food out of the fridge. I don't reheat it a lot. Freak. Exactly. People think it's freak behavior. I like it. I don't care. Depends on what it is. I think some things you shouldn't eat cold. Lasagna. Well, that, I think that's, like, kind of a neutral thing. Like, I, w- I wouldn't want to do that. What's a non-neutral thing? Um, what could I not eat cold? Well, I think it's, you're, like, things you can eat cold, but you can't eat them lukewarm. Uh, maybe yeah. some meats, like, if you had, like, pork, like, roast pork. Oh, I'll eat roast pork any time. I don't, I'm not a pork girl. Anyway. She's kosher. <laughs> I, that's not true. <laughs> don't spread that rumor around. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm not really nervous about that. Yeah. And other things, I'm just like, I like this thing. Mm-hmm. That's come with age, though. I think it hmm. was hard. I like when people would be like, what are you doing? Why are you eating food like that? Like, I used to be more like, uh, I used to eat weirder things, too. Oh. But. But it does feel, yeah, like, why are people even calling me out on this? And, like. I'm sure we all, like, do, like, the little, like, oh, like, oh, what are you doing, like, doing yeah. this? And, like, it doesn't even matter to you when you're calling it out. But it can, yeah. like, it's just, like, kind of, like, needle in your brain, like, oh, I shouldn't do this thing. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, sometimes I think it's, like, a quirky, more, like, quirky factor is what mm-hmm. I like to rebrand it as. But, but the iPhone one, the fact that it actually grosses people out. I don't know if it truly grosses people out. The ick is kind of, like, a different axis of that. It, isn't it kind of like you a turn off it. And remi- uh, Please. Definitions. 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 I think the ick is more of like a, yeah, a turn off thing or like it's something that could cause you to like lose a crush or a See, that's like, like pretty high stakes. I mean, could be. But also, I mean, like, I don't know if it, you could lose any crush, like any level of crush based on an ick. That makes sense. I couldn't lose it. Not you, but like the general you. What was I even saying? Like, and, I think a lot of people say like, "Oh, this is an ick," but I think if you like really liked someone, like really liked them, uh, you can maybe get over it. You know what? I On think a that's lot of a them. Good point because that's where you also similarly, when you have like a standard or like um, uh, you're like, "Oh, this is a what I'm looking for in a partner or what I'm not looking for." Like, I have my no list. Mm. My no list is absurd. Mm-hmm. Most of it. But it's also real. That's an episode to go through. I I could pull it up. Well, episode two. 
built that up. Maybe we should just do it back to back. Anyway. Oh, no, we should not do that. So one thing on my no list that I'll just reference is no V-neck t-shirts. Oh, yeah. I hate them. It's not that someone's wearing... Here's the thing. It's not that someone's wearing a V-neck t-shirt. Yeah. It's that they think it is okay to wear a V-neck t-shirt. I am nodding profusely because I think about this all the time because relationship standards are rarely like, oh, this is the thing. This thing mm-hmm. that I'm saying is the specific thing that I hate. It's more like... like it's, if people on like a dating app put, like, I love the office in yeah. their bio... Yes. It's fine to love the office. Yes. It would be fine to say that. But if you don't know by now that that's kind of like a trope of like yes. a cheesy, unoriginal person, yeah. then I'm questioning you. Yes. I would love to watch The Office with you. I think it's a good show. But if you still think that that's okay, then there's like a yeah. level of like, yeah. oh, like that's not correct now. Yeah. Well, yeah. It shows a lack of awareness, which is yeah. So what we're actually communicating is that you value awareness, you know? We can yeah. spin it positive. Like my V-neck thing. Yeah, a guy could wear a V-neck. They're just not flattering. It's just no. not an attention to style. Well, so what? What I'm essentially trying to say is that I value attention to style because mm-hmm. it's not only artistic. It's a way of expression. It's how it shows how you value yourself. How you value. Mm-hmm. I mean, clothes is communication. I'll, see, I'll, I'm saying the no list could get a lot of hate because it seems shallow, but it's what it represents. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of women are told to like not have these standards in dating when their standards are more like sometimes they're shallow and like about attractiveness which is like kind of a separate axis of conversation Mm -hmm. i keep saying that that doesn't mean anything but like that's a kind of different thing to talk about but like a lot of them are just like they're shallow in ways but they reveal more things about people yes and also like maybe you would love someone who wears a v-neck but it would be like to save time in your life, your dating life, you don't want to be, like, checking every V-necked guy to see if, like, maybe he's actually yeah. more aware than he looks to be. Like, it's more like, if it happens that one day he comes down he's wearing a V-neck, I'm probably going to be like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not so bad, or you're making it work. But... Yeah. I keep thinking of the tweet that's like, it's <laughs> it's just a crush if he gets a haircut and then you lose the crush. <laughs> or if, if you like him and he gets the haircut, that's bad. Then you'll, st- like, it's not a crush. You do like oh. him. Kind of like that. Like, it's like, if you have an ick and it's superseded, then it's like, oh, I actually do like this person. But also, some people might be married for years and get, like, an ick, and then it's like, sometimes you can't stop that tide. Oh, no. (laughs) Which, you know, work on that. Go to couples counseling if you would like to. But yeah. I think a lot of times that means something different, too. Like, there's something underlying. But all that to say, yeah. So, like, an ick, I think what you're saying is if a crush is really serious, these little things are actually not that big of a deal. And yeah, but and so often in casual dating, like you do need to have like some kind of like list or like mental mm-hmm. note of things that like aren't the best for you just because like, yeah, it's not your responsibility to explore and like mine yeah. for if this person is actually compatible with you. If you yeah. can like tell by some things that like maybe this wouldn't actually be the Signifiers. best. Yeah. Yeah. And they might not be causal. They might be correlated. So I have I have one thing on my no list that I'm actually legitimately considering taking off. Because I think it might be too broad and it might not. But I really want to do that episode. But it's still on there for now for a reason. And there's one other one where I actually have that if guys like a particular music artist, Mm. which seems the most arbitrary of all. Can you turn the heater off? I'm so sorry. Can I turn it off? Yeah, I just pushed the button behind you that says on off in the middle. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
sorry. I didn't know that's where the heater was. Anyway, um, yeah, so. Musical artist ick that you might want to. Well, it's not even that I really dislike the artist. Mm -hmm. I don't care, actually, about the artist. I don't like, I've had problems with guys that like the artist. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, in conclusion, seems like if the cult really wanted her Mm -hmm. for the right reasons, they could get her without the iPhone. And also, if the cult's going to make you feel bad about your possessions, like, that is not good behavior. So get the newest version of the Samsung. It probably has an awesome phone. I don't get the (laughs) FE, the... 20 don't get the galaxy s20 fe it is okay but it's not that good oh we got a live review i i know i'm not the expert but the camera is a mess <laughs> and it's not even a bad camera there's it, the, the app is bad anyway don't well, get that one but get there's so many other ones like oh i loved the s8 i had it for years it was great why'd you get a new one it conked out it was like ready to die yeah so anyway what i'm saying is if people aren't if people are like consistently making you feel bad at these little things like maybe like just tell them like hey like i actually like don't really appreciate this like this is hurting my feelings like even if it's like dumb like conceptually it's not dumb for you so it's not dumb yeah um and if they keep doing this then they're not they're obviously not the cult for you get out of that cult yeah your mind's controlled enough (laughs) yeah and kudos for emailing this because a lot of people don't have emails when they're in cults <laughs> oh you're a really brave soul yeah anyway should we have a sign off sound um yeah bye